the rapture. Is it really in the Bible? Didn't some guy just make up the doctrine? The word isn't in the Bible? And if there is a rapture, when will it take place? These are the questions we're going to consider in today's podcast. Welcome to the Weekly Wholesome Words Podcast, where we examine the sound doctrine in God's Word for the specific purpose to know Christ and His things, gain the renewing of our mind, that we might prove what is His good, acceptable, and perfect will in our lives, that all things work together for His purpose. I'm Josh Strzelecki, pastor and teacher of Twin Cities Grace Fellowship. Join me in this episode as we look at the issue of the rapture. It has been some time since uh, we have had an episode on the Weekly Wholesome Words podcast, but we're having one now, so that is good news. One of the things that has come up, a doctrine that has come up to me, uh, not only in the past week, uh, numerous times, um, but over the past few weeks, months, and then the last couple of years, if I could say a conversation that I've had the most would be on this issue of the rapture. It would be on this issue of the rapture. And uh, we're going to do a, a couple part uh, episodes on the rapture. So if you've ever had any questions about the rapture, uh, tune into this, this, the rest of this episode and the episodes to follow. Uh, because we're going to take a look at it kind of step by step. Uh, so what we're going to deal with is we're going we're gonna to deal with the basis of the rapture. Uh, what it really is and why is it even there? What, what makes it even an issue, right? I mean, if one passage of scripture gives insight and understanding of another, then how do we even get this, this concept of, of the rapture? And we're not going to look at the issue of is you know who brought it up and you know the arguments of well it was some man-made doctrine or something like that. Uh, we're just going to look at the scriptures, and uh, I hope through the end of these multiple part uh, episodes on the rapture, you believe in it and are persuaded of it. So we're going to look at the basis uh, of the rapture and some things that God is doing uh, that makes it uh, necessary and why we have it in the Bible, and why it's even a topic of discussion. Um, we'll deal with the why, why the rapture, um, where and when, and then we're going to take a look at the distinctions of the rapture to other resurrections, as well as the similarities that it has to other uh, resurrections. Um First of all, I want to deal with the, the term itself, rapture. Uh, the term itself is not in the Bible. It's not a Bible word. Um, just like the word Bible is not in the Bible or Trinity is not in the Bible, uh, yet there's doctrines and thoughts and concepts of the Bible that we designate this these words to. Um, and that's the same thing with, with the rapture. Uh, the, the rapture is this issue of being caught up. And um, that's what we find in First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Um, 
the Greek word there is har- harpezo. I'm probably not pronouncing that correct, so forgive my Greek. Um, but harpezo is the word, the Greek word for caught up. It's actually used multiple times in, in the scriptures. Um, it's interpreted or translated, I should say, rather, take by force, pluck, uh, other places. It's this issue of, of caught up. And what I want us to understand going forward um, is that it's a resurrection. Okay, um, We shouldn't associate rapture with you know the, the Left Behind series by Tim LaHaye and Dallas Jenkins. Um, we should focus upon what the, what the scripture teaches. Okay. And although when we talk about being caught up together, what that means and for the rest of the world, um, and the left behind world, uh, even those things we have an understanding of when we just stick to scripture. All right. So with that being said, I want to deal with the resurrection here or a resurrection here in first Thessalonians chapter four. And I want to deal with some things historically, some things that were taking place prior to first Thessalonians prior to the apostle Paul and help us get a better context, historical context or a dispensational context for this resurrection. Okay. This is something that currently, uh, which uh, we're October 26, 2020, uh, I've just finished a series on God's eternal purpose in Christ, and we looked at things historically, we looked at God's purpose in Christ, and we're also going through Romans 15, verses 15 and 16, uh, that deal with Paul's apostleship, ministry, and message, and the grace given to him. So these things are on my mind, but they frame out this issue of the resurrection, um, God has a, a purpose for creation. His purpose for creation is to rule and reign with man in his creation. That's why he made man, we see in the beginning, he made man, both male and female, and he gave man dominion over the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, beasts of the field, so on and so on. He gave them dominion. He gave them authority. Not only in the created order is he last in the sum of substance of all creation and how he's made. He's made uh, unlike any other creature. He's made in God's image after his likeness. But he's actually given by God dominion. Now we learned that that was usurped when sin entered the world and death by sin that was now usurped from him, and of course, that by the adversary. God always knew that that was going to take place, and he had a plan to reconcile the earth back to himself. We fast forward to Noah, to Abram, and then Israel, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob's name turned to Israel. He has 12 sons. And you have the 12 tribes of Israel, our birth, and a great nation that God promised Abram in Genesis 12 come to be and it's going to be through this nation and that all the families of the earth are going to be blessed and the kingdom is vested in the nation of Israel the kingdom the authority in which was once usurped is going to be given uh, 
is, is going to be given to Israel to be the head of the nations and not the tail. This ultimately is accomplished when you read the book of the Revelation. That Israel is not going to be able to do this in and of herself, but through her Messiah, through the Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man, fulfilling what they can't do for themselves in all areas and facets of that kingdom. Christ does, and the kingdoms of this earth become the kingdoms of our God, become the kingdoms of Christ, okay? It's going to take all that time to do that very thing. Now, in that theme, in that purpose God has for the earth and for man, God has been making known things about that as history has transpired, about Jesus Christ and what it was going to take for him to fulfill those things, what Israel failed to do and what they were worthy of and what their day of wrath was going to look like and yet what the glory was going to look like through the Messiah, through the Christ. And you eventually, uh, throughout history, you begin to see some things that prophets said about the time in which they lived that came to pass, but also things that they said were going to come to pass that didn't in their lifetime. We see the fulfillment, therefore, of many of those things that the prophets foretold of during the Lord's earthly ministry, his first advent. And then we also, we also know that there are things yet future that are going to be fulfilled. We also understand from the scriptures that the Gentiles, the nations, whom he divided and gave their lot, gave their lands, gave the bounds of their habitation, in Genesis chapter 10, post-flood with Ham, Shem, uh, Shem Ham, and Japheth, Uh, He also, in Genesis chapter 11, gave up, gave up, gave over, as we learn in Romans chapter 1. He gave them up to their vile affections. He gave them up to their, uh, sorry, their vain imaginations, gave them up to their uh, vile affections, and gave them over to their reprobate mind that did not like to retain God in their knowledge to do those things that are not convenient as they were filled with all unrighteousness and full of envy and knowing that they were worthy of death. That becomes the status of the world. Genesis 10, the dividing of the nations. Genesis 11, he gives up the nations, gave up, and gave over. He didn't give up on them, for he called out one man from them, Abram, and he makes this great nation. And in the future, the blessing of the nations comes through the nation of Israel. This is the primary subject matter of your Old Testament gospel accounts and Hebrews through the book of the Revelation. This is the Lord's prayer, really, the disciples' prayer. He says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's the God of heaven setting up his kingdom on this earth, according to Daniel chapter 2, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Gentiles' blessing would come through it, by it, and because of it. And they would bring their glory unto it. Now, what's so significant is that that has not yet come to pass. What's even more significant, in order for that to come to pass, or I should say rather, there was a timeline given in the that detailed what time it would take for that to come to pass in Daniel chapter 9. Everything followed the timeline up to the Lord Jesus Christ and shortly thereafter. Yet something unique happened. Something very unique, something peculiar, something unsearchable in the Old Testament, something unknown in the Old Testament 
unknown even in the gospel accounts. And that unknown and that unsearchable was given, that grace was given to the Apostle Paul, a one new apostle, not to sit on a throne of the twelve tribes of Israel, but for the one new man, the church, the body of Christ, a distinct entity in which God would utilize to not reconcile the earth, but reconcile the heavenly places. Now, of course, all this is detailed out in the scriptures, and I'm just reviewing it for you. If you want further information on it, I encourage you to go to our YouTube channel and playlist and look at God's eternal purpose in Christ, a series that I just got done doing, 10 Lessons. I also did one called His Story, a play on words, of course, of history, as well as a series that we did, Rightly Divine the Word of Truth. If you want some more in-depth detail, you can look at our series, Right Division, Unsearchable Judgments of God. All these series detail these kind of things. Now, why is that so important to this issue of rapture? Well, when we look at things that are searchable, prophetic things, things that were made known concerning God's plan to reconcile the earth to himself through the nation of Israel, by Christ ruling and reigning on the throne of David in the nation of Israel, and the government upon his shoulder, as we have laid out three primary resurrections. Those resurrections, of course, are first and foremost the preeminent one in whom all fullness dwells, the Lord Jesus Christ, the firstborn from the dead. First one from the dead in a new glorified body and never to die again. But then, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, they that are Christ's at his coming. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 lays out these prophetic order of resurrections. First Christ, and then every man in his own order. And those that come at Christ's coming, uh, come in a specific order. Those, of course, are all those that are justified. Those that were once in Abraham's bosom, now before the throne of God, and the spirits of just men not yet made perfect. They will come and be resurrected in the establishment of the kingdom on this earth. And then after the thousand-year millennial reign, in the millennial kingdom, where Christ rules and is given power and authority to subdue all enemies he's going to destroy the last enemy death and there's a resurrection involved in that as well a resurrection of all those that are in death and hell uh, who are dead and are in hell and he sends them t- and they participate in the second death as he sends them to the lake of fire those are the three resurrections now what God has done is he has not fulfilled what he what we can search out in the Old Testament. He has not brought all those things to pass. We learn this, of course, in Romans 9, 10, and 11, that Israel has fallen, and through their fall, which we, are, we already knew from the Old Testament that they would, he would bring his day of wrath, yet God has made an unsearchable judgment. A judgment that we cannot find in the Old Testament. A judgment based upon the cross of Calvary. A judgment that he would endure with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. He was willing to make his power known and to show his wrath. To vex them in the sore displeasure and speak to them in his wrath. But yet he's enduring them. He is being long suffering, forbearing, and extending his goodness to the world. 
He made this judgment and he revealed it to the Apostle Paul. Oh, the depths of the wisdom, both of the riches of wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Yet he has taught us them and we can find them out now. He's revealed them to us in his word. And that is what the situation is currently. God is not doing that which we can search out, but he's doing that which was unsearchable. You may be asking, why why all this? Well, the reality is, is that the earth is not the only realm in which he needs to reconcile. He does have a plan, a very searchable plan in the Old Testament, in the prophetic scriptures of the gospel accounts, Hebrews through the book of the Revelation, that you can learn about to reconcile the earth through the nation of Israel, through the seed of the woman, the Lord Jesus Christ. But he had God had something hid in himself, something unsearchable. And what he's doing today, forming the one new man, the church, the body of Christ, this revelation, this information, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding is given to the Apostle Paul. That's why he speaks of this mystery, the hidden wisdom of God. The preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. The dispensation of the grace of God. The mystery of Christ. The mystery of ungodliness. Or sorry, the mystery of iniquity and the mystery of godliness. All these things entail what God is doing now and the mystery nature of them. Again, why is this so important in understanding what God's doing today and what he's not doing today in regards to this resurrection that is commonly known as the rapture is because the rapture, our resurrection, was something hid in God and that you cannot search out. You're not going to find it in the Old Testament. You're not going to find it in the gospel accounts. You're not going to find it in Hebrews through the book of the Revelation. Now, you will find things that are similar but you're also going to find that this is very distinct from what you can search out. Now, of course, we can search out the things that were once unsearchable because they've been revealed. But that content is found in the Apostle Paul's epistles. The primary text, although not the sole text, for the rapture, our resurrection, is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But there are many other things that are involved in understanding our resurrection, what it is, when it takes place, and its uniqueness, its similarities to other resurrections, and its distinctions from other resurrections. But why? Why have a different resurrection? Well, that goes back to this issue of what he hid in himself and now has revealed regarding the one new man, the church, the body of Christ, to reconcile the heavenly places. And there's much more that we're going to look at in further parts as it concerns our resurrection. But we must understand, when we're talking about resurrection, we must understand it from that viewpoint. A, a aerial view of the Bible. That is, the order of resurrections according to what you could search out in the Old Testament. Christ, they that are Christ at his coming, and then come at the end those three resurrections. But when we understand that there was an unsearchable judgment of God that he made, 
that has framed the world in which we currently live and benefit from, then we also need to understand in view of that judgment, that mystery that was hidden God that is now revealed, there is another resurrection. And that provides us the basis in which we'll look at everything else concerning the rapture, or as I say, our resurrection. Well, I sure hope that you study these things out further. I know I just came along and provided that for you. You can look up those verses and references that I gave you, as well as look at those series that I made mention of for further detail. And we'll look at more in the lessons to come, and episodes to come on the rapture, our resurrection. Well, I look forward to those further episodes. Until then, 